You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And I will gladly... You hear that? That's crow. I will gladly eat crow, man. <laughs> Give me some more. Give me some more crow. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John Fraser. I'm actually part Canadian. No dude to it. Who wants to draft me? Love me a rouge. And Travis Curra. Man, if they go with Sanceri over Brett Smith, then nothing has changed in Saskatchewan. We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Uh, what do you call it? You're supposed to do the thing where you talk and you pretend like <laughs> you're like interview? In- interested in the thing, but you just the need interview. the money. Yeah, 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 the, the inner blue. Can't forget the nonsense. I thought you should know I ate two carrot muffins as you were drunk, Jim Barker. Ready, set. And it is episode 78 of the Two and Out CFL podcast with Travis Curra and Brazilian Ty. I want to get this out of the way. Hurricane Harvey in Texas. Man, it is terrifying uh, what it's doing right now. There's still going to be a lot more rain. So thoughts to the people there and thoughts to the players and everybody involved up here that are from Texas. I know Willie Jefferson uh, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders may have lost Uh, everything down in Houston, Texas. So thoughts are with those people. Some scary sights uh, in Texas, Brazilian Thai. Yeah, it's biblical proportions, as one would say. It's it's crazy down there right now, and they're still expected to get more rain. Um, You know, at at that point, sports just doesn't matter anymore, and it becomes a matter of life and death. So it's... Really, it's a really bad deal for everybody down there, and even guys up here, like you said, who have make their homes down there and still have family down there. They're having to deal with all that now too, and uh, yeah, it's just just a crazy scene in Houston right now. It's been a uh, an emotional twenty four forty eight hours everywhere. We'll see if we can navigate that the best we can. In the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two It Out podcast. Okay, it's quite obvious what the lead story is going to be here. On Monday, it was revealed that Art Bryles, a head coach for Baylor University, would be introduced as a, a part of the Hamilton Tiger Cats coaching staff, I guess, on Tuesday. Well, social media blew up. Um the news outlet south of the border, north of the border, fans, it was absolutely incredible. By now, you know the story. He was fired by Baylor in May of 2016. So it's very, very fresh here. Uh, this is from a USA Today story. An independent investigation found the Texas Schools Administration and football staff mishandled multiple rape allegations involving players and it's not one, two, three. 31 players were allegedly involved in 52 sexual assaults and five gang rapes from 2011 to 2014. You can see why everything blew up when the news was revealed, I guess, Monday afternoon. Yeah, not a surprise at all. I, I don't know how how can the Tiger Gats be... Caught off guard by this. Yeah, I, I, you would think there would have to be somebody in the front office be like, you know, 
this probably isn't the greatest idea. Like, what what are people going to think? This this guy oversaw a football program, and don't tell me that head coaches in United States college programs don't know everything that's going on with their team. There's no way that he didn't know. He admitted to knowing that this stuff happened. And now you're going to hire him and bring him as an assistant coach? You have to think that people are not going to be happy with this decision, and they weren't. And now they're having to pay for it because they look foolish. And they, well, not foolish. They look bad trying to make this hire. I guess the 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 question is why he has connections to Robert Griffin III and Johnny Manziel, and the Ticats have both of those quarterbacks on their nag list. He is mm-hmm. a friend of... June Jones, the the head coach for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So he was, you know, I guess looking at it, you know, I guess trying to help out his friend. I'm not saying Art Bryles is a terrible football mind. There, There's a lot of people in the football world that did support this and were happy to see him come to Canada, come to the CFL, and come to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. But we're on the heels of just a few weeks ago, what happened in Virginia, the CFL pushes out this you know, campaign that was going to come out later in the season, Diversity is Strength. I've got the T-shirt at my desk right now talking about you know diversity and all the people that have come through this league from all walks of life. But you also talk about uh, Bring It In that they revealed at the beginning of the year. Everyone should be allowed to be playing football in this country. Girl, a guy, homosexual, heterosexual, whatever you are, you should be allowed to play. And this comes about. And, man, fans, this is not just a women's rights issue. This is a human issue. I can't believe that they didn't foresee this coming. Sponsors were coming out. On this, uh, Barry's Jewelers released a statement on their website, and this this exactly hits the Tiger Cats where it hurts. As members of the community of Hamilton, we've thoroughly enjoyed the opportunity of working with and supporting the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the rich history the team has with the city of Hamilton. While we actively and eagerly support the Hamilton Tiger Cats organization, Barry's is not involved in the operations or decisions made by the team. It is with profound disappointment that we've heard the news of the hiring of Art Bryles. We strongly condemn and urge the team's management and ownership to immediately sever any times they may have. Mr. Bryles may or may not have a valid coaching track record, but to choose the chance of a winning football team over the importance of values goes beyond our core values and is absolutely not acceptable. We have reached out to the Sexual Assault Center of Hamilton and will be donating a portion of our sales from all of our stores for the next two months. That is powerful stuff when the sponsors of your team condemn what you have done. I'll be honest, I don't know how hiring processes go with teams. Uh, I don't know, do they have to clear it with the league office? I'm not sure if they they do or if... if the league really cares who uh, is hired and when they're hired as a coach of or, of an organization. But obviously it was sold to the CEO that this is a good football move, which will be good for your pocket. 
And that's, I think, how the hire came about. But Scott Mitchell <laughs> is getting grilled by the media on Tuesday, and it's almost worse, you know? <laughs> I, I don't know how you can stand there and admit that you didn't see something like this coming. Well, start from the top. Is this hire a good football move? Other than RG3, that program went to crap after he left. Oh, the the program's so, destroyed, yeah, and that's why he doesn't so how, have a job. How good of a coach was he? That's why he was obviously fired for a reason, and then this all came out, so of course there was extenuating circumstances. After that, the CFL in 2015 had a new domestic abuse uh, policy that came out while Orridge was still commissioner, yep. and it was all about uh, you know protecting women's rights and you know, the, the domestic abuse that does go on. Um, they were trying to bring that to light, and now this just totally contradicts that whole thing. Scott Mitchell on the radio today in Hamil- or on in Toronto, sorry, on the fan, straight up says that they, they support the policy. How, how can you say that when you make this hire? Like, that, that, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. This guy turned a blind eye to everything that was going on because, you know, his team was winning at the time. And then to turn around and blame the victim like he did was not a good look, which tends to happen in these cases all the time, which is disgusting. And then not only that, the Tiger Cats not accepting the fact that it was Canadians that were mad. They said the only reason that people... And all this backlash on Twitter was because it started with the vitriol in the States and we jumped on. Well, and then they go on to say also that there is what's known in the media and, you know, what's not known in the media, acting like they know more than everybody else knows. Well, and, like, and here's the get thing. Get off your high horse at it, some point. Also, this guy. Correct me if I'm wrong, he's still involved in the court proceedings, the legal stuff. Mm-hmm. How can you think this is a good time to make the hire? It, it, he said on radio today that there is no this is not a, there's no moral high ground decision to be made in this hiring. How, how out of touch are you? You you don't hire a guy who systematically oversaw rape culture and did nothing about it 52 cases of either rape or sexual assault and he turned a blind eye and then blamed the victim like no this is not i don't you're saying that winning is all that matters when it doesn't if you're gonna make a commitment to a community and you're gonna want your fans to stay around and you're gonna accept this domestic abuse policy that the cfl brings in and, you know, just respecting people in general, you can't hire this guy. You can't. And they did. And obviously the league was stepped in and said, Kate, no. And the only thing I don't like about that is that it was a reactionary move. But other than that, like, it's the right decision. Like, I get it. Like, everybody says, oh, this guy's a good coach. He deserves a second chance. No, he doesn't. He had, he, he should have said something after the first person came forward and mentioned something when he was at Baylor and he didn't. 
He let the, he swept everything under the rug because his football team was winning, and that's all that mattered to him. As far as I'm concerned, he did it. If if you know this is happening, you do nothing to stop it, and you don't report it, and you don't try to solve the situation, you might as well have been involved in the rapes and the sexual assaults. There's no difference here. It's actually stuff like this is, that has pushed me away from American football. We've seen the way domestic abuse has been handled mm-hmm. in the National Football League. Uh, we've obviously seen it in NCAA as well because the number one priority there is winning football games, and I'm not saying it's, it's all, right. It's all college sports in the States, it yeah, seems. It doesn't matter. Exactly. If, if you're a good athlete, uh, you know we're paying you a lot of money. You've got the scholarship. You can basically get away with murder. You can get away with whatever you want. And guys have. Yes, exactly. And guys have. So that has pushed me away from American football. What do I appreciate about Canadian football is that these guys are they are an hour drive away. I can go watch a game every week if I want. They're involved in our communities. But then, yeah, this happens. And my my thoughts are with all of the survivors of domestic abuse because... But they're the ones that made this happen. So that is a good thing. They're the ones that blocked this. Like I said before, I don't know if the league knows that they were going to hire him before. I I, I don't know. So I, I, while, yes, the league stepped in and said, no, you can't hire this guy, I don't know if they knew in advance. Do you know what I mean? I, they very well might have. And in that case, come on. You know, get your head out of your ass. But I, I read it. I read multiple tweets that Ticat fans were not going to go to the stadium on Monday for the Labor Day Classic, the 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 game that's circled most on their calendar every year, no matter what their record is. This that's the only game that matters for them this year. They weren't going to go and support them because they felt wrong supporting a team that was going to hire. Art Bryles, and I, I saw a tweet from Sandra D905. I walked through the door and hugged my girls and cried all over them. Safe to say they will not come to the games as long as this douche is in. And that's a kick right to the Hamilton Tiger Cats balls. And they, they totally deserved it, but it's also a kick to every woman in this country. Nieces, daughters, sisters, mothers, Ants. And I compare this, Nick Lewis had a little bit of a speech after the game on uh, yeah. Thursday night talking about his mom. <laughs> Women bring us into this world, man. They're pretty damn awesome. So I, I, I can't, I, I just can't understand the decision around this, and I don't think it's going to be cleaned up for a very long time. That being said, I do think people do deserve second chances but he he had a second he had a second chance when he didn't do it the first time but to let it go on 52 times come on travis i agree i mean i didn't say art bryles deserves a second chance okay good <laughs> but second chances do need to be earned and i don't oh we haven't seen that this guy has i, I and i don't even know how he or anybody does or can earn a second chance. I, I I mean, do you go volunteer at a sexual assault center for two years and see what it does to people to realize what you have done to people's lives? I, I don't know how somebody that's done it one or 
you know, 52 times can earn that second chance? I, I don't know the right answer to that. But people can turn their life around. There, there are players in the CFL and the NFL that have turned their lives around after being involved in domestic abuse. They, maybe they had a terrible upbringing, and you know they learned their lesson and turned it around. I don't know how you prove that and how you earn that second chance. I don't think there is a right way. But this guy hasn't done it. <laughs> no, he, he's showing no remorse for whatever, anything that's happened. Wh- whatever or however you earn a second chance, he hasn't done it. It's so no. fresh. This this hasn't happened nine or ten years down the road. This is still so fresh. This is still an ongoing court case. Exactly. It was a huge story south of the border. It still is a huge story, and it is a huge story again south of the border. It's not like this happened a long time ago it basically just happened so so the timing of it is absolutely it's asinine it's insane and i I, it just shows i think the power of social media so props to i guess all of the survivors of domestic abuse and all of the supporters as well for making their voice heard and uh, blocking this this higher because uh, it's brave to say that you are a victim and a survivor and to say that you are and how much this hurts you and brings it back to see this happening in our community in Hamilton with the Tiger Cats for you to speak up and make the league hear it and the team hear it and to stop this hiring I think that was incredibly brave what a lot of people did uh, on Monday and and without all that on Twitter and social media, it, it might not have happened. That's true. Um, you know what? That's the world we live in now. And maybe that's a good thing in this case. Uh, if, if we don't have Twitter and Facebook and all this, where people can voice their opinions, especially on something as controversial as this case is, and this hiring and having a commissioner with a backbone helps too. It's, Without without those people that actually stood up and said something about it, he might actually have a job, which is scary. Because he's done nothing to deserve that second chance. And I'm not saying there's a right way to earn a second chance or anything. I, I personally don't think he deserves one. Now, my morals are different than yours and different than the next person's. And they might have, they might have a different uh, opinion. I don't think he should be involved in being a role model or mentoring any athlete because he obviously doesn't make good moral decisions when he's in charge. Because I did see it thrown out there that the league, and this is a true tweet, that the league is being hypocrites because they say bring it in, but they won't give somebody a second chance. Which I... uh, Like I said, I do think people deserve second chances if they've earned it, and this hasn't been earned. No, it hasn't been. Even if like, it's you, possible to earn it, I I don't know the answer to that. You're 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 cutting off half of your fan base. You're cutting off every woman that watches CFL football if you make this hire and let this hire go through because mm-hmm. they're going to be like, not a chance. Am I watching this now? Yeah. And they it Peter Pauling did the same thing. It wasn't domestic abuse, but he went to he went to prison and got Craig McTavish out. 
on a drunk on a manslaughter charge, drunk driving manslaughter charge. Got him out because he needed a third line center. And I don't think that would be flying today if we had no. social media back then. No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be happening. So the fans do have a voice, and that was shown this week, or well, th- yesterday, not this week, but just yesterday in general. Um, and you know, the league embrace that, and they're using it, and you know, realizing you can't push people away that make your game what it is. Because without the fans, you don't have a league. And by hiring this guy, you're going to lose fans. Because who's going to like it? Yeah, he's. I, there's just no words to describe what I think of this guy. I got none that I can say. Cause I think it's disgusting. But just kudos to the league for stepping up and actually doing and doing something about it. And without without all the vitriol on Twitter that came with the news of this hire, I don't think it would happen. So kudos to all those people that stood up and said something, and to the players that said something, to the players who supported him. It's a whole other story. I don't want to get into that, but it is what it is with them. But it it was a slow news day yesterday, to say the least. I guess I do think that. When December rolls around, we might see an entirely new regime in Hamilton. Scott Mitchell said on the radio today, nobody's losing their job over this. But Bob Young can fire him, can he? Bob Young can fire whoever he wants. So he damn well might fire every one of them, you know, Grey Cup Monday. You're telling me Bob Young wasn't in on the decision? From their separate statements, it looks like there's a bit of a disconnect between them. That's the guy who's signing the paychecks. I find it hard to believe they didn't clear it with him. I guess I would not be shocked if New Year's Day rolls around and Ed Hervey is building the 2018 Hamilton Tiger Cats. I I don't know why he's not there now. It could happen sooner. And I saw a lot of jokes on Twitter over the weekend that, hey, the Hamilton Tiger Cats are undefeated this week. They're not. No. They lost during a bye week. They screwed it up. All you had to do was practice, take a break, get ready for the Labor Day Classic, and they totally screwed it up. And also with the Tiger Cats, and I know this is low-hanging fruit, but Eric Tillman is their GM. And we went through this in Regina when he was there. Not to the extent or to the severity that Bryles did, but it was still questionable. So, like, that, it's just really bad optics for the Thai Cats at that point. I guess we can talk about football in Eric Tillman here. Yes, he built the 2007 Grey Cup team, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yes. But what happened after that? He went to Edmonton. And traded Ricky Ray. And ran them into the ground. Of course, now uh, Hervey makes the deal for Mike Riley, and the rest is history. They win the Grey Cup a few years ago. Mm -hmm. He goes to Hamilton very quietly. He was kind of like a scout, kind of an advisor. He slowly worked his way up to near the top. And now the Hamilton Tiger Cats are in the ground. There's no... I thought they hit rock bottom, but it they did on Monday. 
I don't think it can get any worse. I I honestly don't think Tillman has any real power in that organization. Ken Austin's president of football operations, I think he makes a lot of the decisions. That being said, um, somebody, I don't want to say needs to stand up to Kent Austin because I don't know what the dynamic actually is in Hamilton, but it just seems that something's up in that head office that doesn't make sense. And this decision kind of enforces that, that they made yesterday. And maybe they do need to start looking outside the organization as to what they can do to get new blood into that head office. And maybe that changes things. Whether or not they do that mid-season is another question. It is Labor Day weekend, one of the most fun weekends in Canadian football. Next to the Grey Cup, I think Labor Day weekend is the absolute best. We have more than one game to watch. So that, I mean, it's that's a positive. Uh, it's, it's it's Christmas. Yes, it absolutely is, and we're supposed to have fun at the on this podcast. So let's try to do that. Oh, for, okay, let's turn this around for the rest of the episode on the field. Zach Caleros will not be starting for the Tiger Cats in the Labor Day Classic. It will be Jeremiah Mazzoli against the Toronto Argonauts. <laughs> I I think Caleros. Two years ago, before he got hurt, he was the undisputed most outstanding player in this entire league. That doesn't yeah. just disappear. No, but uh, injuries will play with your mind and play with your head there, and I don't think he's ever fully recovered. I think something's going on in his head. I think he's not necessarily scared. He's just tense like he doesn't seem like the same old Zach Claros that we saw two years ago he's not making the same plays like he used to I honestly don't think he's back to what he was after before the injury um I did say last week that I would I would start Jeremiah Masoli uh you're not going to get any worse Masoli adds a little bit it's a different dynamic with him behind center so uh Maybe maybe the other players realize. Well, we got the we're starting the backup. It's really bad. Not that they didn't already know that, but maybe they actually come out and do something. But it, it it's like Hamilton's a dumpster fire, and it just keeps getting. We didn't think it could get worse, and it got worse. Yeah, it did. Like I don't know where else to go with this. Yeah. Uh, speaking of starting quarterbacks, it looks like BC's next game. It will probably be Travis Lule. He just looks more comfortable behind that offensive line in BC. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't. There are a couple of young quarterbacks. I mean, a couple of years ago, we're thinking, man, it's going to be Jennings and Caleros in the Grey Cup five years in a row. You know. <laughs> yeah. And now that both of their stock has kind of crumbled a bit, I don't think they're done. They're both still young, and I think they still have a lot to give in this league. Uh, Injury news. Kenny Shaw returned, and now he's gone again. Uh, Nasty. Looks like a knee injury to him. So Kevin Elliott uh, was with Toronto, was with Hamilton, was practicing with the Red Blacks this week. That probably means we're not going to be seeing Kenny Shaw for quite this time. More receiver news. Uh, Darius Bowman probably suiting up. For the Eskimos this week in the Labor Day Classic, and if judging by last week against Saskatchewan, 
He's a welcome sight, I think, in the city of champions. Uh, Adarius Bowman at 80%. I'll take it. Yep. Me too. <laughs> uh, you're on the verge of going on a four-game losing streak. Three. Oh, yeah. Well, I get they got two against Calgary. They got you're two against Calgary. <laughs> so I'm, I'm counting my chickens before they hatch. Um, Watch out. You might be eating crow just like I'm going to be eating crow right away. <laughs> we ate a lot of crow on Friday night. Yeah, we did. But um, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> but an 80, an Adarius Bowman at 80%. Is still gonna be a lot. Is still gonna be better than a lot of other receivers in this league. And after that showing last week against Saskatchewan, they're gonna need all the help they can get. Let's get right to the games from last week. Time for the fantasy expose on the Two and Out podcast. Yes, it was a great game. Yes, it went to overtime. The Bombers win thirty four thirty one. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this is big. Nick Lewis becomes the all-time receptions leader. He's got 1,030 catches. They come from 21 different quarterbacks, about half of them from Smiling Hank. Here's Nick talking about his mom after he got presented with the nice plaque and they had a little bit of ceremony to name him uh, the top reception getter in CFL history. (laughs) Moms. See, the only reason I'm here... When nobody else believed in me after college, she said, you're not done. And that's the only reason I'm still here right now. And that was the only opportunity I needed is for her to believe in me. I won't lie. I'm a bit choked up right now. I was a bit choked up when I first saw it. I was a bit choked up when I got that clip ready for the show. Uh, that's that's what our women should mean to us, man. And But big congratulations to Nick Lewis. I, mean, I do think... We take uh, some of these receivers we've been watching for granted. Uh, ben Cahoon, we watched him. G-Roy, Milt, and now Nick Lewis, the very top of the list. And he did miss a lot of a season with a broken leg. He could be, you know, at 1,200 receptions if it weren't for that. I'm going to start off with saying it doesn't help that we're both huge mama's boys. Yeah, that's true. So of course, of course <laughs> we, like get a little, we get a little sentimental when a guy talks about his mom like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's like the attitude era. We didn't know what we had when we had it, <laughs> right? That, yeah, that's yeah, what it's yeah. like. That it, Nick Lewis, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's just Nick Lewis, whatever. Like When we when we started fantasy football a couple of years ago, you took him, and it, it felt like a throwaway pick. It's like, ah, oh, whatever. He's not your number one guy. but Reliable. Week in, week in and week out. 70 to 80 yards, six, seven catches, a touchdown. He, he's instrumental in the running game, too, I think, because he's so big that he can make those blocks and make, and help out that O-line. And then second down, you know where that ball's going, and you still can't stop it. Like like you said, taking these guys for granted, like Ben Cahoon and Nick Lewis, um, it a hell of a career. Um, I've never liked Nick Lewis because he was a Stampeder and now an Alouette, but I respect the hell out of him. Um, the career he's had and what he's been able to accomplish, it's just phenomenal. And a big shout-out to him. He unblocked me on Twitter last season. So No. Uh, <laughs> he did. He did. Unreal. Do <laughs> uh, you think he'd he get in on the pierogi contest? I, he might. He might. But he unblocked I mean, me. 
I think he'd give Dyakowski a run for his money. <laughs> I was very thankful for uh, Nick uh, doing that for me so I could see his tweets again. So uh, mm-hmm. good, good for him. He's one of the GOATs. I will uh, say that. Nick Lewis, definitely one of the GOATs. But what a game this was. I mean, that tying kick that Montreal got in the fourth quarter, I'm like, there's no way that kick's going through the uprights. Well, it hit them and went in. <laughs> I'm look. I'm watching this game, and I'm like, ah, you should be okay. I got Winnipeg on the pick'em. Yeah, and like, ah, eh, Beatty, longish range field goal. I think I'm safe. And then, oh crap! <laughs> right? Because I Friday night game. I was Friday night's game. I was like, oh man, I don't know. I'm, I took Edmonton, so I knew I needed a Winnipeg win to at least get off to a good start. Yep. And, yeah, I was like, oh, boy. And then just – I don't know how that turned left. I, I don't know, but it, it totally <laughs> that, did. That, that was that was Justin Medlock luck is yep. what that was, rubbing off, on, uh, rubbing off on the field there. It was something else. Chris Randall is a baller. He had two INTs in this one. Andrew Harris, 86 total yards. I'm wondering if he may be kind of a candidate for West Division MOP against Mike Riley right now. Oh, absolutely. He's on pace for 1,000 receiving yards and 1,000 rushing yards. I don't think that's ever been done. That that would be insane if he pulled that, that off. That is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's... <laughs> like to get a thousand receiving yards takes a lot of work. Oh, to yeah. get a thousand rushing yards, I would think that's harder. It's a hell of a lot more <laughs> physical to be a running back than it is to be a receiver. And to do both, it's not like he's got a huge head start. He doesn't start in the waggle like a lot of like a lot of receivers do. He doesn't have that head start on the corners. A lot of his passes are screens, and he's doing a lot of the work to get those receiving yards. He's not a pretty run style. It's uh No, it's, it's physical. Oh, yeah. It is <laughs> it, he's he's a he's a freight train. And guys still step in front of him. It's a good thing they get paid or else they probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> but to get a thousand yards the way he does it and to get a thousand receiving yards the way that he has to do it, that it Sorry, Mike Riley, but if he does it, there's your MOP. Matt Nichols only throws for 227 yards, but yet again, gets it done. (laughs) The defense did help out a bit in this one. Game manager. (laughs) Hey, do I have to censor that now? (laughs) I think so. Like, they're they're winning in spite of Matt Nichols. He's, He's not having very good games. He's He's not having... He's not throwing for 300, 350 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. He's just throwing high-percentage passes, and when they're not high-percentage passes, his receivers just make a play. Matt Nichols is not in the top five quarterbacks in the league, although his team is playing out of their mind right now. He's a game manager. That's what he is. That's what he was in Edmonton. That's what he was when he got to Winnipeg. Can he keep it up? Yes, but his team has to keep it up and I don't know if they can keep doing that. Brandon Rutley had 12 carries for 78 yards for the Alouettes. Tyrell Sutton could return for the Owls this week so keep an eye on his status. 
On to the next game. Saskatchewan smashes Edmonton 54-51, and everything that could happen did happen. Hugh O'Neill is blocked. Willie Jefferson blocks the punt. The ball's out. Rolling around at the Eskimo 25-yard line. Picked up by Big Willie, and he's going to score. Touchdown, Riders. A special team's touchdown. Their first of the year. Yes, Willie Jefferson scored himself a touchdown on a blocked punt. Jerron Carter returned a missed convert about 120 yards for two points. He must have ran about 150 yards at least, though, uh, to get those two points. Like I said, everything that happened for Edmonton went wrong, and I will gladly... You hear that? That's Crow. I will gladly eat that Crow, man. <laughs> Give me some more. Give me some more Crow. That that game was zero fun on Friday night. <laughs> My wife, hey? I don't think oh, she said a word to me. Man, she did not like us. <laughs> And, and Miss Pam came and sat with us, too, because whoever was coming for her second ticket didn't show up. So she came and sat with us, and she made a lot of noise. And by midway through the third quarter, it got quiet on either side of us right quick. And then at the start of the fourth quarter, it got empty real yeah. quick. <laughs> um, People left before the 50-50. That's how mad they were. Uh, you don't even have to be there to win, right? That's it's, true. It's, you don't have that. They don't use it to keep people in the seats like he used to. But anyway, <laughs> everything the Riders touch turned to gold that, that on Friday night. Like, Deron Carter gets blocked by the referee and the goalpost going for that misconvert, still is able to pick it up and have enough time to run backwards in his own end zone and loop around and return it for two. That doesn't happen. Yeah. They blocked I- two punts. <laughs> The second one, why Hugh O'Neill didn't just run after it and kick it out the back of the end zone, is beyond me. That made zero sense why he tried to jump on that ball at the one. It's like nothing good is going to happen there. If you jump on it, if you jump on it at the one, all you're doing is giving Saskatchewan the ball back on the one yard line. Kick it out, give him the single, and start over. Yeah, that reminds me, we didn't talk about the punt battle in uh, the Montreal Winnipeg game at the end of regulation. Oh, that was great, wasn't it? <laughs> I love this league for exact reasons like that. <laughs> well, my only question is, why did Winnipeg punt it the second time? I don't know. Just for <laughs> like, fun, I think. They're like, ah, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Could you imagine if he would have like botched that like 20 yards and somebody oh, was able know. to kick it through the end zone for a rouge? <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, back to this Ryder game. Here's the thing. Since 1990... The Rough Rider record at Commonwealth Stadium is absolutely abysmal. It's like my record at the bar after the lights come on. <laughs> okay, it's not that bad. But <laughs> Oh Shots but fired. <laughs> it was abysmal. No matter who's on what team, it's been bad. So I, I said, you know, okay, let's uh let's pick Edmonton in this one. And the bizarre thing about this game. Yes, the Riders put up 54. They only had 10 more total yards of offense than the Eskimos. 10. Yeah. They scored 36 points off of turnovers. That's unheard of. Or 34 points off of turnovers. Like they it was ridiculous how good they played. They had two pick sixes, two pump blocks that both turned into touchdowns. And a two-point convert that they ran back. So there's 30 points. 
Naaman Roosevelt, uh, you right. know, had a crazy one-handed catch. And here's the thing. You have been skipping picking defenses on <laughs> CFL Fantasy. Here's yep. what the Rough Riders defense has done in the past two weeks. 57 combined points. Uh, well. <laughs> if you want to play them against... <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> hey, dude, I didn't play the Ryder defense either. But... No, I took Mike Riley in this game. Whoops. <laughs> if you want to play the Ryder defense this weekend at home against Winnipeg, the Labor Day Classic... Might be a pretty good pick. Yes, they're an absolute fire right now. And what blows my mind here, the Eskimos, they're starting to get a little bit healthy here and mm-hmm. there. But they have two straight games against the Calgary Stampeders. The Eskimos are third in the West after winning seven in a row. Now they've lost two in a row. That's only good for third in the West? The West is so good. So good. It's it's scary. And the only way that you're going to make up ground is by winning the, your inner division games. And Edmonton's won two against BC, and they've lost the other two against Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. So that needs to turn around. Whether or not it will these next two weeks against the Stamps is yet to be seen. I, I don't think it does, just because I still think the Stamps are the class of the CFL. But, yeah, you're going you're 7-2, and two and you're in third. Like, <laughs> what? You're running away with the East if you're in the East. Yeah, no like, kidding. You've already, you've already clinched a playoff spot. <laughs> you might have clinched a home playoff game with that record. Uh. Like, the Riders are still in it. Yep. And these teams, because all these teams do is beat up on each other on the interdivision games. It's great. The West the West is the, is the real only playoff race. Like, as far as I mean, whoever wins that West division final... That's, I think hey. that game is bigger for them than the Grey Cup. It's like, you know what? We're better than everybody else in our division, and that's the premier division in the league right now. I thought you were going to say whoever wins that West division wins the Grey Cup, but be careful because that's no, what we I said last year. I learned my lesson year. last year. <laughs> everybody thought that uh, Calgary was going to walk all over Ottawa, but nope. That was not the case. Sorry for bringing that up if you're a Stampeders <laughs> fan. <laughs> we move on to Ottawa. And BC, this game got pretty interesting. So uh, this game, this this play sealed the game. Jonathan Newsom with an, with an interception. So correct me if I'm wrong. Jonathan Newsom got blackballed in the States because he got busted with pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job because he kneeled for the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Come up north, Colin. Look what Jonathan Newsom just did. Uh, won the game for Ottawa. Now, they had a lead in this one. What was it, 31-3? to Yeah. I, got out, I was at work, and I got out of the truck for 10 minutes and I came back in it was 31-24 BC stormed all the way back they had all the momentum in the world maybe if Lule enters the game sooner this is a different result 
at the end of the game. I do have to say TSN did such a good job of capturing the drama in TD Place. They they were showing these fans. All they were doing was chewing their nails. They were mm-hmm. so, so – they had seen it before. Ottawa had lost, you know <laughs> – Every which way so far this season, they were so nervous, and that interception from Newsom sealed things for the Red Blacks, but the Lions stormed back. They were so close. Lule, I said it earlier, he just seemed a lot more comfortable behind that offensive line of the Lions. He goes 18 of 23 for 202 with two touchdowns and the interception. Yes, it was tipped. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson celebrates a touchdown. That, now, so he scored the touchdown that put them down thirty-one to nine before the convert. But man, he celebrated that like they had just won the Grey Cup. I, my my thing here is this: Are, are you in it more uh, for your own stats or for the team? I get touchdown dances. The Riders they had a great uh, curling celebration against the Eskimos. I love yes, me some they touch- did. I love me some touchdown celebrations, especially creative ones. But when you're losing by three scores, come on, man. They still do that in Monday Night Football? Oh, they definitely do. And that one would probably be a come on, man. I it, it's like in soccer. It's a it's a different little bit different with the running clock. Um, you score a goal with, and you're down by one still with two minutes left. You run into the net and you grab the ball yourself and run it back to center because the win is more important than your little dance in the corner. Absolutely. You're down 31-9. You have, I get it, scoring a touchdown is, is hard to do as a professional football player. Who's to say I might do a stupid dance too? Same with scoring a goal in the NHL. It's one of the hardest things you can do in sports. Hitting a home run, the hardest thing you can do in sports. To hit a round ball with a round bat squarely. Well, talk to Giancarlo Stanton. Well, I mean, he's not human. But anyway, (laughs) at 31-9, no, give the ball to the ref, go back. It's not about you at this point. It's about getting your team back into this game. At 31-9, you shouldn't be having fun. Sorry. Like... If you're losing and you're having fun doing it, you're doing something wrong. It's like Bryant Mitchell in the fourth quarter, you're down by 28, gets a touchdown, stares at the fans, and spins the football in the corner of the end zone. <laughs> what are you doing? Good there's nobody. You. There's nobody there. Everybody went home. The only people left are Ryder fans who already know the game's in the bag and don't care that you're spitting the football. Now all you're doing is trying to piss people off. Like, like you said, come on, you go back to go back to your team, get your high fives, run the next play, get another touchdown. Don't we don't need to be doing that crap? I don't think. But there's gonna be people. There's gonna be people that disagree with me. It is what it is. But I thirty-one nine. No, I'm not a Moses Madu guy, but I, I just found him a little too expensive all the time on CFL. He has been all year on CFL Fantasy too expensive, so mm-hmm. I just kind of avoided him. But 82 yards combined here, two touchdowns, and he seems to be able to get it done just because he can stay on the field. I <laughs> I do think William Powell can be an elite back in this league, but if he can't play, you can't what do good? anything. 
if you can't play, what good are you to a team? Exactly. It, yeah, who's ever, who's ever going to stay healthy in Ottawa is going to be their feature back, and it's, Moses Madu has proven time and time again that he's that guy that can stay healthy, especially this year. Um, you know, and maybe the more touches he gets, the better he gets. You know, he'll get a little more comfortable and not looking over his shoulder for somebody coming after his job. So, um, and you, you got to be durable if you're going to be a running back in any league. So if he can stay healthy, I don't see why he couldn't keep doing this. I also want to talk about Deontay Spencer, who could have had an even better game. He did. There was a tough one there, a touchdown pass that he could have caught. But he had seven catches for 61 yards, one carry for 13 yards, and 243 return yards. Quincy McDuffie will not be playing this week for the Red Blacks. They are against the Montreal Alouettes. I'm not afraid to tell you. I really like Deontay Spencer, and he's in every lineup I have this week. <laughs> That's probably not a bad choice. Um, you know, Ottawa can score points. Trevor they Harris. Can. Trevor Harris puts up yards, puts up touchdowns. Their defense isn't terrible either, and which creates a lot of punts. And like we said last week, special teams means a hell of a lot more in the CFL than it does in the NFL. If you don't have a good special teams game, you're not going to have a good day on the football field. 243 return yards on the day? That is a lot of miles. It's a good day at the office. That is a really good day at the office and a really good day in fantasy. Um, The guy can, if he keeps doing it, maybe Quincy McDuffie, it's not going to be that big of a loss. Because really all McDuffie does is run back kicks for you. So... Deontay Spencer can do it all. Why not let him? Let's uh, go to Calgary. They host the Toronto Argonauts on Saturday. They win 23-7 on the back of DeVars Daniels and his two touchdown catches. Michelle sprinting to the wide spot. More heat. Mitchell can load it up. And this catch was something else. They keep saying it is the year of the catch in the CFL. And every week there is something else that happens. There's maybe four or five amazing catches every single week. I have never seen anything like it. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that quarterbacks are throwing more and more 50-50 balls. Um, you know, and the refs are letting them go. There's not as many interference calls as last year. Yeah, you're putting a ball and hoping that your guy can win the battle and against, hopefully, a smaller defensive back. And, you know what, these guys are making plays in front of or even behind and reaching in front of these defensive backs who are getting paid to do a job, too, and that's to stop them. And these guys are still... It, it seems like if they're getting their hand on a ball, they're catching it. At least the top echelon guys in this league are... Um, yeah, this this year's been crazy for catches. SJ Green week one had three that could all have been catch of the year already. And then guys like Brian Burnham who do nothing but catch tough balls and this year's been crazy, but I I do like it. I I do relate it to the fact that it seems every other throw has been a fifty fifty ball and they're just hoping that their receiver comes down with it, so the guy has to make a play, like we saw on the weekend. 
this was a very defensive game. If there was a mm-hmm. award for comeback coach of the year, it might be Corey Chamberlain. I think he's put together a heck of a defense in Toronto. Their only score of the game came off of a uh, Cassius Vaughn pick six. So uh, in the end zone. Yes, that was a big return as well. He ran out of gas at the end, but he made it the whole way. And, of course, Calgary's defense essentially pitches a shutout. They weren't on the field when he made that pick six return, so uh, you can't blame them. It was a very defensive game. I mean, when you can hold S.J. Green to 49 yards, I think you've had an okay game. Yeah, S.J. Green, Declan Cross, and Ricky Ray. And you don't you don't allow that offense to score any points. You you've had a good day on the defensive side of the ball. Now, granted, with Anthony Coombs out, that dynamic changes a little bit, but that's quite a resurgence that Corey Chamberlain's had. Granted, the the personnel in Calgary is a little different than what he had previously, but he's still got to come up with a scheme and still coach these guys to it. So. Calgary's a scary team. We've known this for years. It it just gets more and more ridiculous every week, it seems, how good they can be. And I don't expect Hamilton will be able to shut down Ricky Ray and SJ Green the way Calgary did. I will say that much. <laughs> you did I think say that's a Declan. pretty safe bet. <laughs> you did say Declan Cross. He had another two catches in this one for 40 yards, although one of them I think was a 39-yarder. He is dirt cheap, and Ray seems to like to throw to him quite a bit. And well, uh, with They a- never ask how many. Yeah. Or they never ask how, they only ask how many. So that 39 yards and one yard doesn't matter. He's still got 40. Yeah. <laughs> DeVars Daniels blows up. Eight catches, 114 yards. Yes, two touchdowns. But there's a lot of weapons in Calgary. Mm-hmm. A lot of mouths to feed. Uh, they just they just pick a different one every single time. I have to say, why can't I be as good as Bo Levi when I've got a bummed shoulder? They kept talking about it all game long. 31 of 42 for 384 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. If his shoulder was so bad, you would have think they would have given Messon the ball more. He did have 14 carries, but, man, uh, for a bad shoulder, he almost threw for 400 yards. If that's Bo Levi with a bad shoulder, holy crap. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> like, give me a break. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with Bo Levi Mitchell. Um, Messam doesn't need a lot of carries either to be productive. He's he runs like Andrew Harris. He's a little bigger than Andrew. He, and you know what? Teams realize that they need to stop Messam, or else he's just going to run roughshod and run twenty yards, and they're going to just run the ball on you, and then that's how you're going to lose. So teams will load up for the run because of Messam, and that allows Bo Levi to do what he did. 31 to 42, like you said there, for 384. And and also, like you said, too, it's somebody different every week. He doesn't hone in on one guy. It seems that somebody else in that receiving core every week can come up with two touchdowns and 100 yards. Um, they just keep pulling guys out, putting them in the lineup. The guys that they do have right now are out of this world. And it, they play a true team game. Nobody, You don't see guys going back to the sideline and being like, I should have got that ball. I need the ball. It's, you know what, we're winning. Personal stats don't matter. Let's just get to the Grey Cup. I don't even think they're they're thinking about the West Final. I think it's Grey Cup because they got some unfinished business after last year. Quickly, what's your CFL Fantasy lineup looking like this week? Well, I went a little off the board, and I 
took Jeremiah Masoli. You did? How? What's his price? He's got to be cheap. His price is not very expensive. You're right. I'm just loading it right here. I got him for $5,485. Ooh. <laughs> and I, I will say this. I think he gives you the rushing upside. He might... They rush with him a lot. They always seem to change things up when he's in there. So for fifty four hundred, it's pretty tough to go wrong. Yeah, and then of course Messam and uh, Cameron Marshall. I took you know right now they're two of the best running backs, especially with Tyrell Sutton out. Uh, Luke Tasker because I have Masoli. Uh, S J Green because it's S J Green. Drawn Carter as much as I can't stand him now after that tweet he sent out yesterday. And the Montreal Alouette defense I took for now, that'll probably change and get deleted, and I'll add a higher-priced receiver in one of those three spots. But for right now, I do have a defense. Not the Ryder defense, averaging, what, 28.5 uh, points a game over the I couldn't decide series. who to take out of my lineup to fit them in, so I just went with yeah. Montreal's for now just so I have something in there in case I forget. I'm uh, loading up on Argos a little bit. I got Ricky Ray, SJ Green, Declan Cross, and their defense, actually. And then the rest of my lineup, Deontay Spencer. I liked what he did last week. Deron mm-hmm. Carter, I think he'll want to be on the big stage at Labor Day. And Jerome Messam, uh, I think Calgary's going to want to pound it down Edmonton's throat on the Labor Day Classic. I should also mention DraftKings this week. There's a free contest, which if you play fantasy at all, I don't know why you wouldn't try it. Enter it because $500, the first place, and the top 3,000 fantasy scores get something. You might win a loony, but hey, if you paid nothing, you come out with a loony. It's 100% profit. I think you did okay. That's infinite profit. (laughs) That's a better profit than I made on Saturday night during the fight. (laughs) Yeah, good for you, man. Good for you. (laughs) Let's talk about this week's games. It's Labor Day. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. For the first time since the season started... We've got no Friday night football, but that's a bit sad. Our picks are brought to you by SeatGiant.ca. You want to catch any Labor Day football this weekend in the CFL? Head there, and you can use the promo code POUTINE. You do that, you'll get a couple percent off. You'll support to and out in the meantime, and you'll get tickets for anything you want. Concerts football, and it's all in Canadian dollars. So that is a plus, too, at SeatGiant.ca. Nothing is hidden from you. You don't get the secret, you know, conversion on your credit card. What the heck? I thought this was uh, 80 bucks less. No, it's Canadian bucks. Use the promo code Poutine, and you'll save a lot of money. But we do have Thursday night football. It is Ottawa and Hamilton. Brazilian tie, where are you going? Ottawa. Yep, Ottawa gets their third win in a row. I agree. On to Sunday, it is the Bombers in Regina, New Mosaic Stadium. I guess they're going to do the uh, card stunt they did. The fans will be holding up signs or whatever, and it'll be a cool visual before kickoff uh, for Labor Day. 
Chris Jones doesn't have a win on Labor Day as a <laughs> head coach of the Riders. But before that, what did they, 10, 11 wins in a row on Labor mm-hmm. Day? Who are you going with? Starting a new a new, uh, new streak in New Mosaic. Riders will pull this one out at home against the uh, Blue Bombers. This is not a Saskatchewan band, but I think the Riders have inherited. I'm picking them as well. Swinging sodas, got a bones and pleasant company. I never pay my income taxes through the GST. Sailing down to Saskatoon, the terror of the sea. If you want to reach the co-op, boy, you got to get by me. And then the Labor Day doubleheader. It's uh, two of the best rivalries in the game. Edmonton and Calgary go first. Who are you picking? Just roll, sweet city woman. All right. And then it is Toronto and Hamilton in the hammer. Who are you picking? Argos. Me too, man. Me too. And, uh, yeah, I think Ricky Ray is going to have a big day on Labor Day. I guess uh, I got this prepared. Prozac. It does suck to be Hamilton, doesn't it? Well, I mean, you're basically Toronto's little brother. Oh, that, they're not going to like that. That was bad. <laughs> if, if you wake up Tuesday morning with the Box J boys outside of your bedroom, that you got exactly what you asked for. Wow. That's very fair. <laughs> Happy Labor Day weekend. Drive safe. Cheer for whoever you're going with. The, the rivalries this week are so awesome. The second season in the CFL is underway. It's Brazilian Ty and Travis Cura. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Follow and like on Twitter or whatever you do at 2 and CFL. We'll talk to you next week after Labor Day. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.